0: we're just sitting here on the beaches of Hawaii getting ready to talk no you know, I music always waves, makes me think the waves of the coming in I'm Ron Aaron along with Carol Zernio you're listening to Take 10 on Caregiver SOS on Air. and we are joined as we often are in our Take 10 segment by Dr. Jamie Heisman a nationally known expert on caregiving and addictions interesting combination <laughs> in fact and Carol you just came from two Really important conferences dealing with aging and caregiving and all the issues surrounding it. So you had a pretty good topic for this take ten.
1: Well, I, I thought we would talk about the state of caregiving. So you know, my takeaways from the White House conference on aging with caregiving is one of the four key topics. You know, besides the the fact that we don't pay our paid caregivers enough; they make thirteen thousand a year, which we we mentioned earlier in the show. The one what they didn't talk about was the complete lack of a system for long-term services and support. So, you know, if you don't spend down to Medicaid or you, if you don't have enough money for private pay, we don't have a system of caring. You're stuck. You're, you're stuck in the middle. So, Jamie, in terms of the, if you know, if you were planning the White House Conference on Aging and the caregiving segment, you know, what do you think would have been like the top three things that you might have wanted to, to bring up as important?
2: You know, Carol, if this was an open dialogue with America, and we could be authentic, square up, I think we would have paid a, a huge amount of attention to exactly what you said was not paid to, which is long-term care um, and, and, and where we're going from here. Because if you look at the health care reform, though it had you know great delivery system changes and transformations, it never addressed long-term care. It never addressed, really, how do we age in place, uh, all the services of direct care uh, workers, how do we deal with them in terms of a proper way of of giving them salaries and benefits and making sure that we treat those, who treat the people we love um, extremely well. We we really did not get into that from what I saw. Now, you were there, and I appreciate your response about what was left out, um, but it's unfortunate because I would talk about professional caregiving. I would talk about what we do and educate family caregivers because we know that family caregivers, just like parenting, have little or no real curriculum to figure this out.
1: Well, and, you know, you talk about you're absolutely right. I mean, when we think about when a child is born, we go to all these parenting classes and we read all these books and, you know, we get ready, we get ready. Um, But maybe you're a caregiver who didn't know you were going to become a caregiver. You get thrown into it. You've never had a curriculum. You don't even know where to find a curriculum. Um, So that whole lack of training is very real, uh, and people are looking for the training, and it's either not there or they can't find it. Well,
0: we just interviewed someone on this program, Ken Slavin, a a well-known local singer and and public relations professional who uh, overnight became a caregiver for his mom, diagnosed with uh, renal cancer that had metastasized into her lungs, had no idea it was there, and suddenly he's a caregiver.
2: You know, personally, I believe that there's a lot of implications that go into this word caregiving. Obviously, it's been something we've taken for granted. Um, It's been something disproportionately put in women's laps. It's it's almost been gender-specific. Of course, we know now that one out of two marriages are ending out in divorce, so men are going to have to uh, really show up and and be taught. But for some reason, like um, many rights in our country, You know, it's whose ox is getting gored, and and for for the life of me, I think they've treated this like we are all Mother Teresa's. And still, instead of formalizing education, showing the respect, you know, to caregivers that they deserve, knowing that if they quit, providing now four hundred billion dollars of in kind care, their entire health care system would collapse.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting if they'd had a discussion rather than spending, you know, all of the money on the nursing home side. Uh, Only, still, in most states, Medicaid, you have to be eligible for Medicaid to be a paid family member. If you're eligible for Medicaid, they'll let you stay at home with a family member taking care of you, and they'll pay that family member. That is not an option that is available you know, at higher incomes, and I'm not talking about rich, we're talking about just above the poverty level or the the cutoff for Medicaid. And there are so many families where if we could, you know, you're asking somebody to quit working. We know that a woman who quits working to caregive is going to lose about $335,000 in lost income and retirement income overall. And we're asking her to do that when could we not invest some of the at the end cost of the nursing home costs, and help support that family caregiver and give her some income, keep her in the work, sort of the working pool, but the work she's doing is keeping mom out of the nursing home. Well,
0: is anybody looking at this with 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day? Uh, the numbers of caregivers uh, are going to run out in terms of family members uh, and the well, need for professional caregivers in grows. America,
2: as usual, we are starting to line up with the financial incentives. Now that we have, you know... yeah, Now that there are
1: financial incentives.
2: incentives. Right. Ours as a country, quality of care outcomes that were being paid on, if you will, value-based health care. You see, what Carol just described, Ron, to everybody was a disease-specific sort of world that we're trying to emerge from, that fee-for-service world. If everybody, and I'm not, this is not a big, you know, high-five for social workers, but if everybody in the government. Saw healthcare in a family systems approach, the way we were trained as social workers, um, you know, from the beginning of time, they would know that hospitals, skilled nursing facilities, assisted living facilities need to take the responsibility and it needs to be, I think, legislated in some way to actually bring in the caregivers through education, through sort of, you know, how do we deal with their mental health? How do they help in the care transitions uh, process of admissions and readmissions? How do they help with medication compliance? These, to me, are institutional responsibilities if we're looking at a value-based health system and a family systems approach.
0: If you've just joined us, you're listening to Take 10, part of Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel. And Dr. Jamie Heisman, we're talking about the state of caregiving in America today.
1: And, and you know, with the caregiving issues that we're facing, um, there's a I, where the thought, I, I don't think the connecting the dots has has happened that often, is, you know that we're all relying on a good, it's like the voluntary military. Um, yeah. We're all relying on the goodwill of families uh, to jump in like our guest. And take care of our parents and our spouses and our children and anybody who needs care, um, and that we're going to, you know, because actually we could all sit down and say, "Nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I'm not going to take care of mom. I'm not going to take care of my husband. No, I'm not going to do that," and everything would completely fall apart.
2: Totally. So, and you, you know, China has legislated that their one-child policy has had severe. Uh, implications in terms of family caregiving. And so now in China, they've codified, they literally put in laws that if you don't take care of your parents, um, it's a crime, and they'll kill you. So here in America, <laughs> they'll of course, throw you in you know. jail.
1: So someone else, somebody else has to take care of two pairs parents.
2: <laughs> well, I'm sure they're going to do something other than put you in jail. That <laughs> you know, that, that's a tad counterproductive. But you may be, be correct. But, <laughs> but here it's become—I mean—in China it's become such an issue that it's actually now part of the laws. I agree with you, Carol. I think that we're looking at a volunteer group here, and we're. That's the, one of the problems, I think, of the White House Conference on Aging for me, that their tagline was empowering all Americans as we age. Well, it's great to empower all Americans, but how do you empower all Americans. What is our responsibility? In fact, what is government really supposed to do if not to educate and empower and provide programming so caregivers are prepared?
1: Right, and I, I, I think one of the things they did do at the White House conference they were really they had a surprising number of private industry, a business at that particular conference, talking about technology, talking about how. Companies now, we talked about the financial incentives. This, this, you know, people are seeing, oh, I could make money off of this crisis. Right. And they're talking about how for profit companies and entrepreneurs are going to go into this space and, and, and maybe help, maybe displace some traditional providers. But it, it still, to me, feels patchwork. It feels a little of this, a little of that. Maybe we'll all throw it in, make chicken soup together.
0: Um, it's not a system. Got less no. than a minute left, Jamie. You get the last word.
2: Well, like Native Americans, it's not honoring the wisdom and, and the life and the integrity of our seniors. If we're waiting for this financial sort of gold rush and we're making this all, again, a financial piece, uh, I think it lacks the heart and soul of how do we honor our elders who used to be obviously the people that built our society, that fought our wars, that, that did everything for this country. I think we need to go far beyond this sort of private enterprise. And as a government, take ownership of this issue.
0: Well, it sure makes sense. Thank you, Dr. Jamie Heisman and Carol Zerniel. You've been listening to Take 10.